0: Hey everyone, this is a live recording of McCool and the Gang, and we have the incredible Beja Flo. Woohoo! It's me. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh no, thank you for having me. It's really lovely to be here. It's nice to see another human being. I know. Even if it is on a screen.
1: It is, yeah. Well, it's, it's the only way to meet up with people nowadays, isn't it? It's like just virtual pub, virtual pub, virtual pub. Um, I know pub quiz like yeah.
0: I, I, I never want to do a pub quiz again <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, thank you so much for coming on it's nice to it's nice to have like more female guests because I was looking at my um list of episodes and I'm like too many guys. No, too many guys. <laughs> it's girls night. Well, I don't even know why that is, because I, d- I tend to listen to just exclusively female music. Ah, no way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I figured it out the other day. Yeah, I looked at my like Spotify analysis, and um, <laughs> yeah, just lots of female music, which lots is great. Lots of female
1: music. Ah, oh, wonderful. I think I'm sort of a bit... 50/50. I sort of go through phases as well. Like, I mean, I think we all had that month last year where all we listened to was just Billie Eilish as well. So sort of sometimes <laughs> you just sort of have phases like that. So, um...
0: Yes. Yeah. So, Beja, just for people who may not know you as an artist, can you give us an idea of who you are and what you do?
1: I'm me, and I, I do most things except maths, really, because I like... <laughs> I like singing loads and I do lots of songwriting and poetry and life modelling and photography and just I I like hosting things sometimes. I've I've really gotten into stand-up comedy um, because... every grown man over the age of 50 has felt the need to tell me that I am funny like I didn't know that I was funny at the end of every gig it's like no yeah every 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 joke is an accident because yeah um but yes, I I do lots of things I'm sort of one of those arty farty quite good at it all or not that good at it all so i just (laughs) not that good at one thing so just sort of do loads of things um yeah I'd say you were very good at of the things that you do, having seen you live. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously I'm just being modest and I'm quite good at being modest too.
0: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, amazing. So what kind of things have you been getting up to in lockdown then?
1: Um, Lots of things. When it sort of first happened, I think we all sort of panicked, especially like sort of artists, art, artistic people and create like creative people. Um, and I think, like, for a lot of us as well, sort of a lot of our work sort of kind of started to get cancelled before the official lockdown happened, which was quite hard. And um, so, like, all of my life modelling classes, they all got cancelled because um, a lot of the people that I model for are sort of, like, older people and more vulnerable people. Um, and I'm vulnerable myself, so that was sort of a little bit scary because I've got, like, um, a few underlying health issues. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I think, at first, I think I sort of... Treated it a bit like, you know, that bit in Christmas in between Boxing Day and New Year's where you don't really do anything but just drink and eat loads. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I did a bit of that. And then we sort of got a bit sad for a bit. And then I was like, oh, no, actually, because I do still really like need to be creative. So I sort of started to try and find ways to sort of get back into it. So I have still been doing like lots of art and drawing and things and making signs. Um, I turned the house into a fun fair for the day. That was really good. We called it Moo Bag Land. Um, I don't <laughs> what know what was behind the name Moo Moo
0: Bag Land.
1: Uh, yeah, well, it was inspired by. I don't mention much, but I have a sibling, um, but I don't mention her much because I'm 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 enough. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, but we so we we did we did that for her because um, we just thought it'd be nice. And um, and then I've been I've been doing like quite quite a few sort of gigs. I find sort of the The live gigs are kind of the most stressful because obviously it's not like RuPaul's Drag Race where we're all getting sent like a big like posh camera pack kind of thing. (laughs) It's sort of it's very much sort of like you know um, Ray Mears' style of like what you've got is what you've got. Um, Hmm. So we've gotten quite creative with that, um, and my sister's been doing a bit of filming, and my mum's been doing a bit of mum filming, and you can tell the (laughs) difference between between who's doing what because. (laughs) because of the quality of filming. Um no, you're doing a grand job, mum. Uh, she's not oh. doing it now. I'm 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 fully on my own. This is f- a full-on <laughs> yeah. Natalie and Beja production. Um but um but yeah, so that's that's been quite fun and I, I'm quite lucky because um in the house that I'm in, we've got um, a really, really nice, big... We we, the, we just moved in and we got given a mini grand piano to come with the house. And not many people do that. Wow. I know, yeah. My dad was excited about the fridge, but I was far oh, more man. excited about the piano. Your
0: dad um, was... A, there's a piano in the corner, Dad. What the f-
1: I know, yeah, yeah. So I was just about? like, and he was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep it. And I was like, I know that I don't live here normally, Definitely but like you, you have to keep it, otherwise I'm not keeping you. Um, yeah, exactly. So um, I'm like, I'll get mum to leave you. I have more power. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so that's been like really, really, really luck- lovely. And I've got my... Um, guitarist slash boyfriend here who can do things and stuff like that so we've just sort of had to just really DIY it in terms of music but I've still been doing a little bit of songwriting I'd say I mean I wouldn't say that I write particularly happy things anyway because when I'm happy I'm off being happy Um, so it's just I just sort of generally write sort of like songs about my feelings but I think Mm. Songwriting is a really good... Because it is a bit of a dark time. I mean, I say a bit. It really is. It's a shit show, Boris. Sort it out. Um, But also, I think it's, you know, like, it's it's raised a lot of issues. Like, I think for me, um, sort of... I think, like... And for a lot of people that I've spoken to, like, when you've just spent loads and loads of time with pretty much just you and your thoughts, sort of lots of issues and stuff come to the surface of maybe things that you've not fully dealt with. Um, Mm. And also... I think it turns out that like the lockdown on a drug addiction doesn't fully go well together because you can't see your dealer as often if at all um <laughs> so i've had to quit weed um which i didn't sort of realize was really a problem until until i was here and then i was like ah oh, this is a problem and i should deal with this um mm. but my mom's been great and my boyfriend's been great so we've been sort of doing that And i've been writing loads of stand-up comedy about it and i'm 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 i'm, um, I'm sober considering how drunk i am um i've, I've not not smoked any for two weeks or something or more more than that. And we sort of did like the weaning off kind of thing. So I've been writing mm. loads of songs and stand-up comedy about that. And, and I've, oh, I've started getting really into knitting.
0: Oh man, good for you. Cause I don't have the patience at all. <laughs> my mom has tried so many times. Like my mom is sick at knitting. She knits all the time. Like I've got quite a few nieces and nephews. So when they were all babies, she was just like, like a crazy woman. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just can't – I don't have the brain patience, I'm afraid. But kudos to you.
1: Knitting can be a bit tedious, but pom-poms. Have you ever made a pom-pom? No, but that sounds like something I'd be well into. They are so easy to make. You just buy a thing and you just wrap it around this thing. And then you're like – just tie a thing together on each side and then you cut down the middle, and then it's just it just goes <laughs> ping, and you take this thing off, and it's it's just the most satisfying thing ever. Um, what what <laughs> I want to know now is how many pom poms have you got now? <laughs> many and uh, lots of different <laughs> sizes. I've I've made one that's literally it's like the size of my head, <laughs> like a huge, huge. You can make get really really big pom pom makers, so that they're really pom-poms. really fun and pointless to make, but cats love them, um, so that's good. I was going to ask you, you know, when you were talking about um, you only
0: write when you're kind of sad and like, you know, when you've got something to process. Yeah, I think that, that that's so interesting because I don't know whether you do it, but I do it all the time. Like I'll write a song and then like, <laughs> like three years later, we'll realize actually what it's about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do and it I, all the time. And, and so, sometimes as well, sort of like. You write a song about one thing and you go, ah, okay, I know what that's about. And then a few years later, you're like, oh, but this has happened and now it's also about this. And you're like... Oh, I get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of... um it's It's, it's weird how sort of applicable lots of different things can be. And also sometimes you write a song and you just go, don't know what that's about. And even a few years later, you're like... Or maybe
0: we're just making the same
1: mistakes over and over again yeah. and not learning from them. Yes, but yeah. oh, pro, prob, most probably, probably. that, um, that was, I, I prefer my idea more.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more way more positive. Um, yeah, do do that all the time. And because I, I thought you were going to say um, not that you would reapply um, your life to the song, but rather that like you thought it was about one thing. And then years later you realize that oh no it totally was about that it was about that
1: yes yeah
0: always it, do that yeah it's
1: sort of um because I, I sort of I'm, I'm one of those where I sort of have lots of notebooks and things and I'm constantly just writing down words and and things like that and sometimes you sort of piece sort of a lot of different things together or sort of add in a few new bits kind of thing and you sort of a little bit like ah I think it start and then sometimes it's like it, this song started off being about this and now it's ended up being about this, even though it's sort of you might have like written certain lyrics about certain things, and then um, you sort of put it all together, and then it actually ends up being about something completely different. Um, but it is good. Words are good and emotions are weird. Yeah.
0: Like at the start of lockdown, I, I don't even know whether this is okay to say, but I was a bit disappointed <laughs> because it to me. <laughs> to me it was just like my usual day I was like well this is completely no different from my fucking (laughs) usual day which is sat at home making music anyway yeah so I just want to go outside like that's what I want to do
1: yeah I think I found it quite stressful in the lockdown because especially because because what Beja you a confident southerner that will just shout at people no (laughs) um so I'm sort of one of those where I'm, you know, I've just I'm just like, social distancing! I found water pistols are brilliant for making people social distancing. <laughs> you go out the house with a water pistol and everyone there, they will cross the road, like you don't have to keep doing it every time. Um, <laughs> but I think sort of, because I, I, I'm, I'm by the beach where I am, um, which is really, really lovely, mm. but it means on the really, really nice days the sort of people that aren't normally here at the beach are all of a sudden at the beach because they can't go to Wetherspoons and have their normal fucking curry Tuesdays or whatever it is. So yeah, they're all just like, yeah. oh, just go to the beach and just litter absolutely everywhere. <sighs> um, so that's sort of been a bit of a weird one because I'm quite an outdoorsy person. Um, so yes, yeah, so sort of that's been a bit strange. But I've gotten, I've really gotten into yoga. Nice namaste, um, mm. which which is really really good because I never thought that besides sex, I'd be good at something physical. So. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of like, well, this is great. Like, why didn't anyone ever show me this before? But I guess better late than never. Um, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so regarding songwriting, your songwriting is quite personal to your own experiences. And by when I say that, I mean your single one of those things relates to the
1: syndrome that you have, which is MRKH. Could yes. you tell us about that? Yeah, no, happily, because I shout it from the rooftops and I think everyone should know what it is. Um so MRKH syndrome affects one in five thousand women. Um it's completely random, luck of the draw, lucky me. Um and it basically um <clears throat> means that I was born without a cervix and a uterus and a vagina and a few other bits. Um, which means I so I don't have periods and I can't have children. And until I've completed a treatment that's called dilation treatment, I won't have a vagina. I'm about halfway there. I've got 50% of a vagina, 50% fanny. <laughs> so that's really nice. But yeah, but dilation treatment, it's sort of it's one of those where whenever you hear the word, well, or not me, because I'm not scared of anything, but whenever people sort of hear the word vagina, they're sort of Tense up, and they don't like talking about it because it's women problems, and I don't want to do it. Um, but I've decided that we have to because it's really important. And dilation treatment is actually used by lots of different women, um, not just um women with MRKH syndrome. So it's essentially you use heavy dildos to stretch the muscle because the the vagina is is a muscle, so it can be stretched. And you know, like that's how women give birth is that you know yeah exactly it stretches. Um, so. You know, I suppose women with issues like like me or women that use dilation treatment, in a lot of ways we are really, really lucky that it does exist. It's not just like, ah, well, never mind, that's just you. Mm. Um, But um, lots of women use it, transgender women use it. Um, Women that have had cervical cancer radiotherapy use it and also women that suffer with vaginas muse also use it. So there's quite a lot of us using this particular treatment and although we don't all have the same issues and the same struggles going through life um it's sort of quite nice that there's a little sort of like dilation club because um there's not that many women that um you obviously meet on a day-to-day basis like it's not like i have well i mean actually i have quite a lot of friends with mrk hate syndrome now because obviously i've i've reached out and I've met lots of lots of women and they've reached out to me which has been really really lovely but um it's really mad when you sort of speak to some people because I kind of thought that I'd had a bit of a hard time it took me a few years to get diagnosed and that was really really hard and I was lied to by um the gynecologist back where I lived in Harlow in Essex um and then I sort of got sent off to the specialist in London and then I got there and the man was like the doctor was like ah you've been actually lied to which was kind of horrific yeah so it got sent off of like oh yeah they're just going to speak to you about a wee mini surgery we think things aren't quite joined up so um just go speak to them and we won't have to deal with it basically i got to the specialist mrkh team in london and I met lots of other women with MRK hate syndrome and lots of women are really, really embarrassed by it. Lots of women have been made to feel really, really embarrassed by it. Whereas my mum sort of, she's like, oh, we'll buy you a dildo and maybe that will encourage you to do your treatment. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, thanks, mum. Cheers. Your <laughs> mum absolutely rocks. Vibrators galore. It's great. Um, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, but not not everyone has that. And I think I was quite lucky again with s- the first sort of lot of my sexual partners. Um, haven't been as lucky since and then I'm now lucky again. I also sort of had like quite a nice sort of support network essentially when I was first diagnosed and I was sort of made to not feel embarrassed by having it Um, and that sort of made me I think sort of confident maybe in places that other women shouldn't have to be or aren't necessarily sort of like feel confident about talking about it. And I think I've just sort of decided that basically if everyone just knew what it was, then they wouldn't sort of run for the hills or think that you're some sort of man or or a gorilla or whatever you know i think it's important that you know as if if, if a woman with mlk heat syndrome sees himself as a woman then they are a woman and everyone else should see them to be a woman um mm. so that's sort of my message and that's sort of why i wrote about it and talk about it loads because i just sort of think you know it's sort of it's not like when you meet someone with uh like diabetes or whatever and you, you you know that it's obviously like they struggle, and that's a really hard thing to deal mm. with on a, on a daily basis. But you still fucking know what it is. Um. Yeah,
0: you know what? When when I when you were first talking about it, I, I must admit, like I'd never heard of it before, and mm. I had to go- I had to Google it. I didn't know what it was. Well, before I was diagnosed, it's just awareness isn't it? Yeah,
1: I'd I'd never heard of it before, and then you know, and, and for a bit, I sort of felt a little bit embarrassed and sort of like, oh god, I'm never going to be normal and stuff. But I've realised that I'm not normal anyway, and that's that's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, but you know, I, I still have a bloody great sex life. I'll still be the best sex you've ever had, and you know, I don't even have all the <laughs> all the proper parts yet. Um, Good to hear. So, but yeah, but look, how 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 old were you when when you
0: found out? about the syndrome and were diagnosed?
1: Um, I was smaller. I was sort of in my sort of uh, late sort of teens kind of thing, sort of, uh, I can't can't fully remember, I was sort of like 17 or something. So this was Mm. many, many, many moons ago, back in the 1800s or something. Um, But, but, but yeah, so it sort of, um, it took me sort of a few years and then I sort of realised that actually this is a really, really important cause and should be, spoken about a lot more and people should be educated and know what it is. Because also since I've been shouting about it from every stage that I'm put on um and getting kicked out of tory festivals for speaking about it um apparently um the word uterus is a is a swear word no cervix that's what they said she was like she can't swear she's just said cervix cut the mic but yeah but and since I've shouted about it I've met lots of other people with lots of other sexual health issues um women and 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 men um have c- come and sort of shared their stories and experiences with me in terms of sort of their struggles with sex and the, their bodies um, and i think a large sort of issue sort of really is in sort of sex education from you know sort of in in a lot of um like scandinavian countries they start sex ed at like eight eight years old Mm. and i think it's so important because if you think about it like there is no life like life starts with sex and then such a huge part of life is sex and sort of i think as british people we sort of shy away from talking about it but i think that shouldn't be the case. And I think especially for sort of all the millennials or snowflakes or whatever it is that they call us, like, you know, we're we're sort of breaking that um, boundary and sort of realising that actually it's OK to talk about sex and actually it's, it's important yeah. to talk about sex.
0: I agree because when, when you're a kid, as a teen, like, you know what sex is. And as a result, you don't really, because you've never kind of done it, kind of an embarrassing thing to think about but if if you got taught about that when you were a kid kids don't really have any self-awareness yet really right so you know if if a a kid's learning about the body and about sex and stuff then it would remove like all the shame and embarrassment that people may have when they're even like a couple of years older
1: yeah and I, I think it's just sort of it's it's one of those as well where sort of i think especially like for women sort of you know with the whole sort of topic of like say like masturbation kind of thing i think i think for women it's it's very sort of looked down on and is very very not not spoken about and yet for men they're sort of allowed to just speak about it from very very early ages and draw penises all over science tables and things like that mm. and that's that's okay whereas like women are sort of made to feel Bad for talking about their part, their their bits Mm. and and their their sex life. Whereas actually it's a really, really normal human thing sort of. And I think like lots, lots of women almost, it means that with sort of how they're sort of set up and how people are taught is that, a lot of women don't understand a lot about their body. Mm. So they don't, they don't really know what's fully going on. And also that means, yeah. and if they don't know what's going on, then men don't know what's going on. The amount, yeah, yeah. The amount of men that yeah. are like, the clitoris, what? And what you're like, that? oh no, like for, you're doing it all wrong. Stop doing it wrong. And, you know, I think, you know, like there's obviously, you know, porn is is a big topic and lots of people are talking about that a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, porn. Porn is porn is good and bad. I think sort of it can, some of it can be great, but also some of it can sort of I think maybe lead certain people astray in sort of terms of what they're what they should expect and also what they're expected yeah. to do. Um, yeah. and that works for men and women. And yeah, so I think it's a. It's good that sort of more people are sort of starting to talk about it. And um, have you seen Sex Education? I have. Yes, there was um, there was actually a girl in it that in the second series that um, had to do dilation treatment. So I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, I remember that one for the team. But yeah, you know, it's the fact that things like that are you know on big channels like like Netflix, which is just such a big part of sort of everyone's lives at, at the moment. Um, I, they, they seem pretty cool, Netflix, in terms of. You know, sort of, especially with like everything that's happening at the moment with um, racism happening largely in America, with police brutality and things like that. You know, like they've taken down yeah a lot of things I've seen, or like Little Britain mm. and and things like that. So they're they're very sort of um actually quite an educational sort of um medium I think which is mm. which is really good, and I think in terms of things like sex and mental health and anti racism and you know homophobia and things like that like these are things that we should be learning about and talking about and should be a part of all of our lives um it's
0: just about being seen, isn't it like when you were talking about the the MRKH, um and wanting to talk about it, it's like being seen for actually who, who you are because I, I was talking to my friend Misha about everything going on at the moment because I think we're gonna do some kind of writing project on like uh, just our feelings towards everything yeah um but she she was like I just can't even deal with like you know if, if George Floyd wasn't seen then I'm not going to be seen and that freaks me out So it it is, like, to, like, feel like you're a part of the world and, like, a real fucking person, like, to be seen as you, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also sort of one of those where, for instance, that all the women that I know with MLK hate syndrome, we're all sort of, you know, quite spread out and I've got friends all over the world because of this. And I think... um, you know, just because not everyone knows someone personally with MRK hate syndrome or knows someone personally that has experienced racism of any kind or homophobia of any kind or whatever doesn't mean that it doesn't exist and doesn't mean that those people out there aren't important. It doesn't mean that those issues aren't still really, really important and need to be talked about and need to be educated on. And I think especially that like you know, I really, really do hope I've been, you know, signing and sharing loads of petitions about you know changing the way um, education happens in in Britain, for example, and, yeah. and and in all countries, you know, I sort of do do what I can. Um, but I think it's it's really important that we talk about all these things, and even even sort of mental health. I think you know, like they're all these are all really important things that have been happening for years and years and years, and um, I think it's really really sad that it's taken this long until people are actually making their voices heard and being given a platform to sort of have their voices heard. But I think it's also really good that people are doing that and people are sort of, you know, making petitions and going to protests and organising mm. protests and making these things happen um, is, a, is you know, it's... It's Some only positive, isn't it? Yeah, so it's amazing. I think it's, you know, it's, it's also sort of... There's, there's such beauty in watching so many people come together, especially over issues that don't necessarily affect them. Like, for instance, with them with MRK hate syndrome, sort of the fact that I've had... You know, I think when, when, when I first sort of started, and I still occasionally get the odd knobhead come up to me and sort of, you know, do all the weird fucking blokey, weird, flirty, horrible, uncomfortable mm. thing, um, or the, you know, offensive. And occasionally some women are like, you shouldn't talk about that, that should be private. Uh. And I'm like, ah, uh, well... It's my issue and it's my feeling. So if I decide that it's private, then I decide it's private. If I decide that it's public, then it's public. Sorry. Sorry, Susan. Um, But but yeah, I've, I've also had like some really, really wonderful feedback on that and also great feedback from, you know, fully grown men that have, you know, really, really supported my cause and have really, really heard me and seen and felt what, you know, I, I wanted them to feel and have been really, really lovely and supportive about that. So, um, you know, I think it's it's good that sort of people are finally, yeah, just sort of being a bit more open to things. And I think, you know, even, uh, you know, sort of the fact that you see all these arguments and I, I know that it's, it's one of those where sort of like, you know, homophobic people and sexist people and racist people, you know, you know, I guess a large, a large portion of them, you know, maybe won't change their minds now or even in a few months or a few years or sadly even ever but also like I think it's great that people are having those arguments and those debates and you know are sort of you know showing those people in great great numbers that like well yeah all of these people think you're wrong so like you know if you just want to be on your own in your own little corner thinking that you're right then you know like that is really really sad but we're going to continue to fight and speak about you know all of these, all of these really, really important subjects. So I think. Um... No, you're
0: right. In lockdown, I've just been hammering Louis Theroux
1: documentaries,
0: like rehammering them, <laughs> and it's it's just it's just like so interesting because, yeah, I think it's parenting plays a huge part in like judgmental attitudes and the way people view others and like prejudice and it's insane like I believe that parenting actually is the reason for everybody's judgments because prejudice is only it's a learned
1: behavior yeah it's taught essentially um and you know I I think it's really important that we teach all about you know the experiences of sort of like you know what women have fought for what um you know, black people have fought for, you know, what um, gay people have fought for, you know, it's it's, mm. it's so important. And, you know, ev- even things of, like, I was from, in, in Harlow, we have a huge, huge Polish um, community and I went to school with lots and lots of Polish people. And, you know, I was always really, really good friends with them. It never, you know, never bothered me. Like, I've, my, my parents have got friends from absolutely all over the world. My dad's quite famous in the martial arts world. So I was sort of constantly surrounded no way. by... Yeah, yeah. So. My dad used to teach jujitsu. Oh, no way. My, my dad does... Yeah. Um, well, my, my, my dad does like a lot of karate and Kali, but um, he also helped introduce capoeira to the UK, which is wow. which is why I, why I was called Beija Flow, um, because that's that's Portuguese for hummingbird, um, yeah, and um, but yeah, so I was always surrounded by sort of you know, especially like Brazilian people, um, and you know, it's sort of you know, I was always surrounded by people with lots of different accents, and I think especially going in and out of being so close to London, and I've travelled sort of quite a bit, um, you know, sort of I'm 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 eager to learn about lots of different people's cultures and experiences Hmm. um so to me it's it's more alien when you sort of meet people that are very much anti that and i think Hmm. you know i think sort of things like brexit is a huge sort of shame of things like that that i think has sort of set us back quite a bit but i think also people are slowly starting to realize that you know like brexit is well i don't think it's a good thing i speak very openly and thinking that i don't um but I think also it sort of for a bit sort of gave an excuse for the racists to sort of come out of their little caves or like yeah. or well anyway introduce themselves more be more present in my world anyway I know that they've they've always been there mm. um sadly but um
0: yeah but at least now you know who they are Well yes but that, that's like something I've learned from Inglorious Bastards
1: <laughs> Yeah and I you know I, I think it was really sort of sad that Brexit sort of gave them a voice and almost sort of like uh, an excuse to think that their thoughts were right. But I think also since then, people have sort of realised that actually, it's it's not the best thing. And actually, you know, this this country was essentially sort of made on on you know p- different different people's cultures. There's, there's a great mm-hmm. um, Stuart Lee um, set about. Um, <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, Paul Nuttles. oh my god! And how, you I know, know he which goes one all the way back about? through all of these different. Oh, it's amazing! All the all the different remember when centuries when there was nothing? And, yeah, do you remember when there was nothing? <laughs> nothing. So get back in the sea. <laughs> get uh, back in the sea. <laughs> and they came up on our land. Um, you, you could lock you could lock your door, and it was fine
0: because there were no houses. <laughs> there was no houses. There was just nothing. <laughs> there was nothing.
1: Highly recommended. Yeah, it's you know it's, it's it's things like that where you sort of see how you know the the Celts came over and the Romans came over and, you know, yeah, we, yeah. you know, all, all of these times. And even now it's sort of like, you know, like so much of our favorite foods and and, and things like that, you know, we, you know, music, like art, there's, there's just so much that's come from all over the world. And I, I think sort of, you know, it, it's, it's, it's almost comical. I mean, it's in a really, really shitty, sad way. But it's
0: interesting because we believe that we, we can go anywhere and not be an immigrant. How does that work? We're, we're expats. Yeah, I always think that's really funny. Like, um, if a British person is is living somewhere else or is, like, you know, a s- emigrated to another country, like, they never refer to themselves as, as an immigrant. It's, like, it's all about language, isn't it? And, like, perception. You know what? I did have a question. Um, How do you write, then? So do you work with s- someone else on the songwriting or do you work with someone else on the recording?
1: No, I... I so I write... I write everything on my own, um, because sort of I just sort of I just sort of write and talk about everything that I think is important and what I've like my experiences and I think sort of like I'm also one of those where I've not really like solved a problem unless like I've written a song about it, done four poems and a whole art exhibition for it. Yeah. Um so I sort of do that, but I've sort of got a really, really lovely sort of team of other like lovely people that help me out in sort of all the different uh, mediums that I sort of like to express through so um like um my, my main go-to guy is um is a uh, star baker every year Sam Baker um, who is just just amazing, and he is he produces all of my music. Um, and we it's sort of I think if you, once you find something that someone that you really like, like why change? Yeah, um, I'm all about that. And he, definitely, he is he's so so great, and he is responsible for the sound that we all know and love that is um, Beja Flow. Because he's just so talented, he, he doesn't need whether we're in a very very small cupboard or a bedroom or a really really posh studio. He just sort of manages to produce all of these amazing. <laughs> amazing, amazing sounds. Um, but yeah, and so there's there's all these sort of different. I'm, I'm Robin Clu Cluley.
0: Cluley. Oh, Robin's amazing balls.
1: He's like an image genius. <laughs> Everyone that I meet that like I really, really, really like in Liverpool, and I'm just like, who did your photos? And they're like, do you know Robin, Robin. Cluley? And I'm like, yes, we love Robin. And also
0: the nicest dude. So you your last single nude. Mm. I love that. I love your stripped back version. Oh, thank you. Have you been writing more then? what's coming up for you? Can you tell us? And I, I mean I know the world has like been cancelled, but what plans are you formulating?
1: Well, it's sort of it's it's one of those where everything sort of works out. I, I feel like I love fate and the subconscious because I was planning on releasing. What will what will still be my next single? Um, I'm not entirely sure when, but it definitely will be at some point this year, um, which is my song Heads or Tails, which is largely about my hometown Harlow, which is the most murderous town in England and Wales. Oh my god! Um, yeah, we're on the map, and so yeah, so it's largely about that, and also sort of broken Britain in a in a sort of very very broad sense, as well of sort of um, po- poverty and sort of like small towns, and especially because. Um, we are quite a poverty-stricken town. Um, right. There's lots and lots of people struggling, and yet we still have a Conservative Party MP. Um, boo! Um, yeah, so not keen on that. Um, but, yeah, so sort of... I think sort of, like, growing up there and then also moving to Liverpool, which obviously, again, isn't the Conservative Party's favourite city in the whole of the UK. Say that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so I sort of, like, and I think sort of the song at the moment actually is really sort of quite relevant because lots of people are Mm. really struggling. Like, you know, again, our current government, surprise, surprise, is more worried about the economy than, you know, the NHS being Mm. overrun and having proper PPE. It's it's quite important, I think, for me and for, hopefully, for lots of people to sort of release that this this year to sort of... um, Mm. Yeah, highlight a lot of a lot of the issues that we sort of face here.
0: Great. When are you thinking of doing that then? Or do you know yet? Fine if you don't,
1: yeah, I don't fully, I don't fully know because before the world ended, I was just about to go down and um, to see my Sam in in, in the big old London mm. um, and do a load of gigs there and um and and finish recording the singles. So at the moment we're sort of trying to do it over the big wide web, um, which we sh- we shall see. We've got a large amount of it amount of it done but I think also for me like it's I don't do things in halves I mean it was only my third single and I was like an art exhibition <laughs> a big release show shut it two
0: release shows but if, that, if that's your vibe like if that's what you want to do as an artist then you should fucking do it like it's all about creating your own little world isn't it like, and I think you do that really well oh, thank if you. anyone does it well it's, it's you like from what I've seen I think it's, it's dead important oh
1: thanks um, yeah I think it's just important that everyone just knows what I think about everything because it's you because I am right about most things yeah um but no like so i think yeah it's it sort, it sort of depends because um you know I, I still want to do like a really really good music video for it will you shoot it in harlow is the question well i'm not i'm not entirely sure it's sort of it also depends on how how everything goes and i think from what i've heard as well that i don't I'm not entirely sure how Harlow's dealing with social distancing. But then it doesn't really seem like anyone's really sort of doing it properly here. It's a bit of a weird and not so wonderful time at the moment. So it sort of all depends on on what sort of happens.
0: Yeah, see how, see how things go. Stay safe. Stay alert. Stay alert. Thanks so much for coming on. Is there anything yeah. else you want
1: to chat about or tell us? Like, I don't think so. I think just, you know, just... Do nice things and look after yourself mm. and everyone should just be thinking about you know treating others how they want to be treated and sort of trying to imagine what it would be like to be in other people's situations and you know at, at the moment there's 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 just so much happening and there's mm. so much sort of like um loneliness and hatred going on mm. in the world um with with the the lockdown and you know all all the 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 racism especially happening in in America at the moment um so i think it's just sort of about doing as much as we can to help other people at, whilst also still looking after ourselves um and and yeah and just you know as boris said the brilliant advice just stay alert um because obviously the virus it could just pop out from behind a tree at any moment we just we just don't know <laughs> um so stay safe peeps yeah thanks for having me no worries and if if anyone wants to see or do what see see or do you can't do what i normally do because i do it um if you want to see or talk about it then just get in touch and check out all of my social medias and my spotify and it's just it's just been really really lovely what a lovely podcast
0: oh no thanks so much for coming on oh no thank you it's really really great this is uh a live episode of McCool and the Gang which is my podcast and thanks so much to Beja Flow. woohoo thank you thank you <laughs> um, for coming on and hopefully see you in the real world very soon yeah we will yes. we will meet again we will meet again in a musical capacity or maybe not <laughs> <laughs> at a two meter distance but yeah yeah thank you so much Beja oh no thank you bye,
1: bye. lots of love goodbye goodbye bye
0: thanks so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe and follow to this podcast i'm natalie mccool and you can find me and my music on facebook twitter instagram youtube and also on my website natalie mccool.co.uk